everybody. This is Madeline from Strasbourg Coaching, and you are listening to the Money is Not Your Problem podcast. I use what I love most, my LDS faith, the common sense of Dave Ramsey's baby steps, and Brooke Castillo's life coaching tools to help you identify and manage the real issues behind your financial problems. there, Furiosos. We're here for another episode of the Money's Not Your Problem podcast. And I have a guest, a very special guest today, Zill Eiler. She's a life coach and she works with women who wants to become life coaches as well and how to build their business. Hi, Zill. How are you? Hi, I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me tonight. Of course. Thank you so much for Open your time to talk to us, and we're going to be talking about money. How do you feel about that? I love money. I love talking about money. Let's go. All right. <laughs> so that's always good. And that's a change because uh-huh. usually people feel a little uncertain and a little uncomfortable talking about money. Why do you think that is? Yes, I think it is the beliefs you know, that they have around money or experiences they've had with money. They story, they're telling themselves about money. So I think that's, you know, that right there shows your level of comfort talking about the subject. That's true. And and we've been we've been socialized that way, right? In different cultures, but still talking about money in other cultures and this culture is still a little out there, right? Yes, I believe so. Yeah. You guys can notice that we both have kind of the same accent because we're both from Brazil and we're doing this episode in English. How fun is that? Yay! We love so when it. Did you, when did you move it from Brazil here? It's been about 20 years. Yeah, it's been here for almost two decades. Yeah, we've, yeah, we got pretty much pretty close time here. I moved here in 99, so I have about 24. Yes, yeah. so good. Awesome. So tell us a little bit about you growing up in Brazil and how did your money knowledge start when you're a child or when you're a youth? Yeah, so my parents were entrepreneurs in Brazil. They had both had businesses and, you know, my family, uncles and aunts and, you know, everybody um, had business. So I was introduced to money at a very young age because I was the employee. I was working <laughs> before, you know, actually one of my early memories are of me selling shoes at my dad's shop and, you know, looking at the money in the register. So, yes. Um, you work as a cashier as well? Or did, did you do I, everything? I, or I did everything. I did everything. Being the cashier was kind of a prize, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So it depended on the day. My dad would tell me what to do, how to, you know, what he wanted me to do at the store. And I did work as a cashier, but that was kind of, you know, the prize you're doing really the easy well. job. Yeah, right? the easy job because, you know, all you do is, you know, collect money and charge people. And, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, but it was high, high confidence job too, right? right? High responsibility. Oh, yes, for sure. For sure. And you're dealing with the money. The right? Yeah. Tell us, uh, was there a time or an experience at the store that you that you remember from your youth? Mm-hmm. 
For sure. So I remember uh, there were a lot of salespeople that worked there. And I remember people, the salespeople lined up to take whoever came into the store. And that was your, you know, your turn. We were all on commission. Mm-hmm. So that was your turn to sell to that person and then, you know, make your money right there or not. And I just remember that whoever was next in line, they they would look at whoever walked into the store. And if they thought that person would buy they would approach and if they're like oh I don't think that person will buy or whatever they would try to pretend that they didn't see that person walking in so they were trying to be selective with you know who they approached so they wouldn't miss their turn and I always thought that was hilarious that they thought they knew was going to spend money or not based on on you know what they looked or uh, how wearing or what they looked and many times they were so wrong (laughs) (laughs) yeah maybe their judgment wasn't that great huh they weren't smelling the money on them yeah (laughs) so tell a little bit about how did your parents be entrepreneurs and dealing with money and you working from a young age that influenced your life big time first of all it showed me that we can create money because literally, right? You go to the wholesaler and you buy whatever, you buy purses and then you bring, you mark it up and then you're creating money. Mm -hmm. So it showed me that money can be created. And it also helped me with my self-confidence, right? By nature, I'm a shy person. I'm not so outgoing, even though- No way, no way. My very nature, I'm shy. And by having those opportunities to work at the store and to approach people, people and to know that it's safe to talk to people to offer your products that helped me you know growing confidence a ton that's great and so were there one of them or another person that really had an impact on your financial journey yes my parents for sure and especially my mother because we were close and I was always like feels if feels like I was always behind her or, you know, by her. So I saw her negotiating with, you know, her vendors. And then I saw her negotiating with her clients. So I saw her negotiating a lot. I saw her selling and organizing the store and leading her employees. And that was huge for me, right? That had a huge influence in my life, the way I see money and the way I even understand how money is managed. How is your mindset? about money? My mindset about money is that money can be created, that there is a lot of money in the world. And, you know, you can create when once you think about what you want for for you in terms of um, wealth that you want to build or things that you want to buy. I believe that it is possible for you to achieve those things because, you know, money is abundant in the world. Do you, what do you think is the biggest challenge or like obstacle for people to believe that it, the abundance over scarcity? Yes, I think the biggest obstacle is that they were probably programmed to think that way. So I know that today we have way more access to goods, right? Mm-hmm. And things got more accessible because, you mm-hmm. know, you can take credit now, right? You can finance things. And so it, things are more accessible today. For most people growing up, perhaps they had tough times. Mm-hmm. You know, perhaps their parents were tight and they lived and they grew up in a way where things were tight and they heard the same things over and over and over from parents like money doesn't grow on tree. We can't afford this. 
it's not safe to spend because you know you had to save save for a rainy day i still believe in saving and mm-hmm. even more so into investing but a lot of people they have even money traumas yes money doesn't feel safe and they they feel like they need to be hanging on to it so I think it has a lot, lot to do with whatever was programmed in their minds about what money is. Yeah, that's true. So is was there, so I guess you inherited, inherited from your mom the abundant mindset and you've been applying that in your lives, right? Do you think spirituality had has any impact on, on your journey, your financial mindset? Yes, absolutely. So at tough times, right, we pray, we pray, we believe that God will bless you through other people or somehow. Um, you also believe that you can always be generous, doesn't matter your circumstances, that you can always share, you can always give, it doesn't matter the amount you're sharing, but believing that everything that we have was given to us by God, right? He gave us our lives, he gave us the capacity we have to work, to create money, to earn a living. Everything comes from God and he truly is the creator of everything and that he's our father. So we can always go to him and ask and even ask him how I can earn more, how I can create more. So spirituality is definitely a huge part of my financial journey. Yeah, I think it's interesting how everything that's created in the world is created spiritually first. Yes. Right? That we create inside of us and it's it comes with our divine essence or we have the spirit that tells us, hey, it gives us like a little nudge in the things that we want to do. Mm-hmm. And everything was created spiritually first. So yes. we created our, our wealth, we create our businesses, we create a family, we create everything starting from the spiritually. So I think that's cool. Yes, absolutely. So do you have anything from your past that you had to reconcile in terms of financial mistakes or anything from maybe a mindset or a belief that you had that wasn't right? And then how did you do that? Yeah. So in terms of uh, finances, I, I think I had some regrets, mm-hmm. such as not investing in real estate when, you know, I had the ability to do the possibility, even the money, but maybe a little fear of, uh, you know, uh, what if we lose our jobs or what if it gets to a point where we can't keep going. So yes, I think definitely not investing more in real estate. Sooner, right? Yes, sooner. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Absolutely. was well, something that I had to deal with for a long time, but I'm way past that right now. And how did you reconcile? Yes, I reconciled through mindset tools, believe it or not, was through coaching. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, through coaching, I understood that I couldn't be so past focused. And I couldn't be thinking about what could have been because what could have been just never was never Mm -hmm. happened. And it's okay, it wasn't meant to be. I'm more focused now on what can happen on what I can create. On, on the investments on, you know, on what I can build in the future. Was there an exercise that you used to, or a tool that you used to, to get to that piece, that place of peace? Absolutely. So I, you, your listeners probably know that you're a coach and you're mm-hmm. certified through the life coach school. Definitely the model, the CTFAR model, you can literally solve any problems any right with it and i use the model the self-coaching model a lot to just understand that whatever i was regretting and whatever i was not at peace with 
mm-hmm. was a bunch of thoughts right. that I had about, you know, the situation. The si- about Not the investing. Situation. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Absolutely. So once you first off have the awareness of it, mm-hmm. the first step then you're like, okay, why am I thinking this way, right? Thinking this way is not creating anything in my life right now, other than remorse and regrets and negative feelings. Mm -hmm. And this does not help me progress and move forward. So once you're aware of it, and you are aware of what that's creating, the feelings that's creating inside of you, then you can start shifting those thoughts into something that can help you more, right? That can help you progress and, and move forward. Mm-hmm. That's so good because it's we need that awareness first. Yes. And that's what the model does for us. It creates that awareness. Before we even change what we're going to think next is like, we cannot change what we don't know, right? Uh-huh. Yes. Yeah. So um, now let's move to your family. So you met your husband uh, through a friend, uh-huh. right? Yes. And then you end up moving over here. You guys married. And now you have how many kids? We have three kids. Yes. Right. So yes, 15 year old, almost to be almost 16. Uh-huh. Uh my girl and then another girl 14 and then my boy 12 turned 12 last week all right congratulations that's a full house right yes so coming thinking about your past how you grew up and learned about money how do you do that now with your kids you and your husband do now with my kids now, we teach them how to be, of course, responsible mm-hmm. about money, to think about the value mm-hmm. of what they're buying, right? Is it worth it for them? And, you know, it might be that is a simple thing and it's it's worth it for them. So we teach them to truly look at the value of, you know, things that they're buying. And, uh, but mostly I love to teach my kids about abundance Mm -hmm. and I live that way. I live that way. I live showing them by the decisions I make that, you know, money is not scarce, that there is lots of money in the world Mm -hmm. and they're all entrepreneurs as well, right? They sell bracelets at the beach. They sell cookies. They babysit. They're all thinking about the businesses they're going to create Yes, different ways to create money. So we teach them, yeah, about the creation of money and that they can do that for themselves as well. That's excellent. That is like the grandma, it's coming to them too, right? The grandma and, the, and your grand, and your father, right? Uh-huh, and them as well, being entrepreneurs. And uh, Rachel Cruz, which is Dave Ramsey's daughter, says, more is, thought than, more is caught than taught. So, uh-huh. you know, they're watching you live that. They're watching you think that way. They're watching your how you behave and how they you're modeling for them. So this is so wonderful. It's a great opportunity for them to learn. Yes, absolutely. So let's say that one of your kids does not follow one of your advice of something that they're thinking about buying and they like, it doesn't make sense to you, but it's like, uh, so they do, they go against what you would say. Uh-huh. How do you, how, how do you handle that? Yes, it's okay. It's totally fine. They are allowed to make their choices. I believe in free agency. That is a God-given gift to each one of us. And, you know, unless what they're buying, you know, puts their life in danger, it's fine. I, you know, I'm okay with them making decisions and just living the consequences of their decisions. 
I actually value that. I value that a lot. Yeah, because then you're not the bad guy, right? <laughs> They're just learning the consequence because that's what's going to happen in the real world anyway. Absolutely. Yes. And it's a good lab for them to do those things while they have your guidance there, you guys' guidance to to discuss with them what happened and how they can learn from that. Yes, and I think mostly they've made good decisions and they make good decisions. My son is always asking about how much to discuss, how much? and he's always like, you know, trying to figure it out. So I see the wheels are always turning, right? Uh-huh. Critical thinking, that's a very important yes. skill to have, right? And so nowadays, how do you continue growing your financial understanding? Yes, I love to read. Um, I actually love helping people create money, like especially women who want to have more financial freedom and geographical freedom. So I think by helping others create money helps me understand even more and growing my knowledge because, you know, that forces me to come up with ideas on how to help them. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's like I'm creating now my own intellectual property mm-hmm. and, you know, how I can help other people generate and, you know, generate money, create money. Oh, that's so powerful. Because usually we think I'll grow my financial understanding by consuming and you're presenting here that we can learn by creating. That's so good. So let's go back to maybe a time where you had a big difficulty, a financial difficulty in your life, a crisis or something. And maybe there's a woman right now in your situation, maybe with three kids and a difficult time or whatever, whatever was your toughest spot. What would, what would you tell her as an advice about money and life? Yes. So when hard times come, we usually feel low, right? Our emotions, they take over. We don't feel safe to navigate the world anymore, even though we are. Generally, we just feel low. Mm-hmm. And the first thing that I want to tell anyone that, you know, could be in a hard, going through a financial hardship right now, is that even though it's hard, you have to treat yourself. Mm-hmm. And this might be a little counterintuitive because, you know, if you're having a hardship, why are you going to treat yourself? How are you going to do that? You're going to have to figure this out. You're going to have to figure out how to give something to yourself and get creative with it mm-hmm. because self-care will definitely help you um, access the part of your brain that can imagine that can give you ideas on how to create more money or generate you know a second income or even change jobs you have to give to yourself when those moments come when you're so low yeah because that exercise alone reminds you that you matter reminds you that you are enough reminds you that you deserve to give yourself something whatever that is right and when you raise your self-esteem and when you raise yourself and when you are valuing yourself and understanding that you mm-hmm. you matter there is a sense of safety that is restored like your feelings change mm-hmm. and again you can access more the thinking part of your brain so that's one of the things that you know i think is so important when we're you know on those financial hardship times yeah, and when you have that self-love, then you do clear a little bit of space in your brain to for it to start finding opportunities and finding other other things that you can do. And and it brings that sense of gratitude as well. Absolutely. Even the little things, right? 
Absolutely. And that's, you know, another huge point here that you're making. Mm -hmm. Gratitude can change things drastically. Because when you start being grateful for what you have, you know, the brain has this part, which is called RAS, which is responsible for your focus. Mm -hmm. So whatever you tell your brain that is important, the brain will find more and more and more and more of it. Mm -hmm. So when you shift from being worried and stressed, when you shift that into being grateful, your brain is like, okay, this is important to her. Gratitude is important to her. Oh, she's grateful for what? For the trees or for the plants? Or she's grateful for the roof she has? Or she's, oh, let's find more of it. Then your brain finds more and more and more and more of the same things for you to be grateful for. The evidence, right? You start seeing all the goodness Mm -hmm. that exists in your life right now. And your focus gets changed. Yeah, and that helps you to feel a little more centered. Mm -hmm. To make that difference. To start feeling clarity in your mind to be able to make those decisions that they get advantage or getting ready for another job for getting ready for another opportunity that's coming. If you're not paying attention, you might not see it. Mm-hmm. That's really powerful. That's something really, re- really important that any one of us can do at any point at any problem, not only with money, but with all, all, all sorts of other problems. So um, to finish our interview, Zil, are you ready for some rapid fire questions? Sure. I don't know how rapid I'll be, but let's try. (laughs) Whatever comes to mind, just tell me. Okay. So here's our first, my first question for you. What was the worst financial decision you ever made? Okay. So what I'm thinking, what comes to mind is uh, when we first got married, I bought a timeshare. Mm-hmm. And back then was a big cash investment. Uh, and had we invested that cash into, say, real estate, you have probably over a million today. But mm-hmm. here's the other side of it. Because of that investment, we've taken so many vacations mm-hmm. and we have, you know, created so many memories with our kids that it's it's Okay. But, you know, for a chunk of time, I was like, oh, my gosh, there was a lot of cash. And yeah, that one was a tough one back then. But <laughs> Yeah, but you were able to use first, use the timeshare, because usually that's the problem. You uh-huh. never can get the places that you wanted to go or and you pay that in cash, which is always helpful. Uh-huh. And then you saw the opportunities. Cause, so this is really is your brain looking for the abundance, right? True. Yes. All right. Next. What was the most useless thing that you ever bought? Oh my goodness. That I, okay. I buy this all the time. I think it's hair products. Oh, okay. Seriously. You know, I have this big afro here. I know you guys can't see my picture, but I'm always looking for something that will work for my hair and I haven't found it yet. So (laughs) it feels like I'm, you know, just pouring money into hair products over and over and over. It's like a black hole. (laughs) All right, here's our last one. What was something that you bought that turned out to be better than you expected? Oh my goodness, coaching all day long. Anytime I invest in coaching, like all of my certifications, my Mm -hmm. mentors, you know, uh, courses that I buy. So yes. They always give you more than what you pay for, huh? Always, always, at least 10 times more, at least Yes. All right. So thank you so much for spending this time with us. And Zil, tell us a little bit about any projects or any programs that you have going on. How can people find you? Yeah. So you can find me on my Instagram, Zil Eiler Coaching. So Z as in Zillionaire, <laughs> I-L-E-I-L-E-R 
Zweiler Coaching. You can check me out there. That's where I hang out. And what I'm offering now in my uh, business is one-on-one coaching for women who are coaches who either want to grow their program or who are starting in this, you know, in this journey. Mm -hmm. So that's, you know, one of my offers right now. And I'm also doing co-working sessions where we come together and we work together and I'm mainly helping again, coaches Mm -hmm. create their programs and co-working style. I'll lead you, I'll lead those sessions. And then in two hours, you're going to get out of that session with lots done. So this is what I'm doing now until I launch my group again in the fall. So I just started a group last week. It sounds like a working mastermind. I love that. It's not yeah. only talking, it's getting things done, right? Absolutely. Yeah. That sounds like a great deal. So I would definitely check her out if you are a coach and if you would like to learn some more. And I will put the information for Zill on the show notes. Check it out. Okay. All right, Zill, thank you so much for spending the time with us. And uh, thank you guys for listening to us. And I'll see you guys next week on the next episode. Até breve e obrigada. I hope you've enjoyed today's episode. Remember to subscribe, rate, and review. And if you're ready to invest in yourself, check out my website, strasburgcoaching.com, to schedule a consultation or try my membership group for free. I'll be back next week for another profitable episode of the Money's Not Your Problem podcast. Até breve e obrigada!